You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, it's the 26th of February. It's going to be 80 in Omaha. Nebraska and Creighton are both 20 and 8, and Nebraska's football coach is used as a prop for a dunk contest. How, how great. How, what a time to be alive. What a You know what? This is... Man, to be inside of the borders, my gosh, it can't beat it. But yeah, Dots is dead. But uh, Matt, Rule, <laughs> Matt Rule was used as a uh, prop in a dunk contest at halftime yesterday at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. It, it blows me away. And didn't you say he's on the avatar now? He, it is the display picture, him holding up the bones <laughs> while, uh, uh, who, who was it? The um, Emma Johnson is dunking over him and kneeing his head coach right in the temple. Uh, is the display picture for the Nebraska football page now. Man, just a random man walks on the floor wearing shorts and looked like he was wearing uh, those dude shoes. Hey dudes? Super, yeah, the yeah. hey dudes that are super comfortable. Walked out there, uh, assumed the position. Uh, isn't it interesting <laughs> Isn't it interesting that uh, the Nebraska football players that participated at halftime yesterday were more excited to be in the dunk contest than actual basketball players? Yeah, they were hyped about it. Uh, like it, it, this is going to become a thing. Like I, across the country, you're going to start seeing football teams. I, this. I thought I, I knew they had this idea because um, I, I'd seen it somewhere talked about, but I thought it was like it wasn't real. Like how real basketballs on a basketball hoop. I thought they were going to do a nerf, and then I went back to my time when uh, I was in school and I was officiating a uh, intramural basketball, and you'd have the football guys play against the frat guys, and you just hated those days. Because it was 900 to 4? Well, no, not necessarily. It was just, you know, you have, everybody thinks they're the next bird or magic sure. or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I think they should do this more often. They should have more cross. This is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, at halftime of the football games, play a little 7 on 7? Yeah, roll, the basketball out, team. roll out some baskets. Uh, you know, have, uh, you know, Casey take on uh, Jazz Shelley in a three-point shooting contest. Let's just have a lot more crossover. I was talking about like maybe the football games during football games at halftime. You play, want a seven on seven have football the, out. Have the lacrosse team come take on the uh, the bowling team. I'm, seven all, on I'm all for a crossover, but it was a it was a smashing success. It I mean, up. it was it was pretty cool. They had them in like uh, I don't know if you know rather, this. Rather, you know, uniforms with their their football number. I don't know if you know this. People in Nebraska like football players doing things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you're as, just full of hot takes. And today. as uh, someone in my group yesterday said. Well, at least it's not like super important guys if they get hurt. No. I was like, I was like, well, one of them's going to be probably your RB two. Yeah, that was another your starting running back play, a year ago. Another another guy's going to play a lot in the uh, secondary. The other guy probably is going to be your starting tight end. So that's a really really bad take. You know what we don't talk about enough? You remember a couple years ago where your we bad had takes? yeah yeah that too. But we a couple years ago where we had football players having to fill in on the basketball team and how far we've come from that moment. Like, we went from that to say, no, it's okay, we'll just let them entertain us at halftime. We don't need them to fill in anymore. So that goes back to what we started talking yeah. about this morning about the rock bottom of the Fred Hoiberg era, which I the, the, the COVID year, the end of the COVID year, was about as close as you could get to rock bottom. For a lot of people, by but the But then they doubled down the, uh, the following year. But the COVID year was such a, a messed up year. But why they had to add federal and banks 
is because you had to kick off Cam Mack and uh, Burke. Yeah. So and, that's why. And you were down to seven scholarship players because you had injuries. And so you had to add two football guys. That's how I tweeted out last night. I said, the next time you kick Mack and, and Burke off the team, I would add Jeremiah Charles. He, he showed he's got some handles um, yesterday. This is also another part of how how I can tell this story. Because this will add to how Fred took control of his his basketball program. And he had some sketchy characters the first couple of years. He Sometimes had, it's he, a necessity. You had some guys that, uh, you know, they, they weren't in it for Nebraska. They were in it for themselves. And it was an adjustment. And he had some guys that were enabled. And certain guys in the coaching staff, and maybe even the head coach, didn't hold guys accountable. So they felt like they could do whatever they wanted. And they were kind of running roughshod. You know, they were running roughshod over assistant coaches, and they were F-bombing them and that kind of stuff. Here, here's where it's different. So you kick two guys off. And, and, and hey, Cam Mack was the guy. I mean, Cam, Cam yeah. Mack was a baller. It just, he was a terrible fit at Nebraska. He, I think Cam Mack would be better in a situation where there were, there were players around him that were good. Instead of it was just Cam Mack and it seemed like everybody else. And maybe and, not asked to be the vocal yeah. leader. So Hoiberg suspends him eventually. They, he suspended him, but they were kicked off the team. Um, you remember, so you, that was right at the, the heart of COVID, right. you know, four years ago. They go to Indianapolis to play, and you know what happened there. But the night before they played, there was a, uh, Jimmy, is it Lil Baby or is it just Lil? Lil. Lil Baby. Had a concert in Lincoln. I was hoping you weren't asking me that because I, hey, I don't know. Those two guys that got kicked off the team were front and center. Let's just say For the concert. Yeah. Let's just say that I was surprised that concert was not hosted on April twentieth. So you had those two Smelled guys. Like it. They're like, hey, you know what? So we're not. We don't get to play basketball in Nebraska anymore. But let's go to Pinnacle Bank Arena and let's go to the concert. And the next day, you know, Nebraska plays with the football players, and you know, the rest is history. But back then. It was like there was no control, and it was hired guns all over the map. And then Fred, in the last two years, took over the team. And the the thing that I appreciate about Fred and where they are now on the cusp of officially being invited to the tournament uh, is he, he wasn't going to let that impact him here. And he said, i got to make some changes. And he removed some guys, whether they were players or a coach from the program. And he got the right assistance in place. And I think he got the right formula for how you win at Nebraska. And it's, it's, I, I know I've given a lot of love to Fred today. When you, He's when, you stay, when you step back and you think about it, his transformation and his time at Nebraska is pretty damn impressive. Well, and I think it's important to, to note the kind of standards that he was brought in with. I mean, he obviously he got hired on the tail end of the football coach that was supposed to be the savior, and he kind of got brought in with that same mindset, and there was a lot of talk before he got hired that he would never even take this job, and there was so many high expectations that when it didn't work out, it would have been easy to point out and say, well, you know, it's just Nebraska, and that's what happens with the basketball program. There's also there's also the part, yes, there's also the part that I, I appreciate about Fred um, because he's not, you don't, you don't get like the sentimental feel. Like he's all in on, we're 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 not to the finish line yet. I mean, pushing these guys. Yeah. Um, is he keeps going back? And it's not like last year was an NCAA team made a run, 
But he keeps going back to how important Sam Greasel and Derek Walker were to what they have today. That shows a lot about Fred is like, you know what? Hey, I did what I had to do, but we couldn't have done it without adding those two kind of guys who completely changed our team. I remember he said that about Kobe Webster. He thought he he thought Kobe Webster would be that guy in the locker room that would get everybody going in the right direction. Just Kobe didn't have a loud enough voice. And then I think Kobe was like, eh, this ain't going to work. And and he found two guys, and especially Sam coming back. Because look at Alec now. Lincoln guys that come back at the end of their career to play for Nebraska, yep. knowing that if you're the guy, and this is, this is a big deal, if you're the hometown guy that gets a team to a tournament at Nebraska's case, wins a game, you'll be loved forever. People will be wearing the short Josiah Alec shorts forever if you win a tournament game and you were the reason you came back. So Sam comes back last year, gets things right. Yeah. Alec comes in, and he has the same drive of, hey, I'm a Lincoln guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a team guy. Uh, we're going to do what's right, and we're going to you know, be in a good spot. But but Fred acknowledging Sam Greasel and Derek Walker, he did it last week. I'm like, not a lot of coaches keep bringing that up when they've been gone for a year. When you're in the middle of a, hey, let's talk about Gary. And it looks more Let, improved. Let's yeah. talk about Bryce Williams. Let's talk about Rink Mast. Let's talk about those guys. And he's like, no, let's talk about Sam Greasel and Derek Walker. Yeah, and I, I think it's such an important thing when you get that fit to kind of let your team know, hey, this is what we expect it to get. Like, here's what the bar is. This is what the standard is for this team now. This is what we need to strive to be like when you keep referencing those guys. It's a reference point. Yeah. Hey, this is why it worked before, and this is why we need to make it continue to work. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, uh, tweets at the uh, show, in the late 80s, when I was at Nebraska, we had more McDonald's All-American basketball players on the football team than they did on the basketball team. Yeah, that's a good take. On... Uh, on that note, <laughs> I'm I'm happy that Hunter Salas is doing Hunter Salas things because we all got to watch him in high school. Right. Even even if you watched him, if you're really into it and you're watching him play like in eighth grade, you're like, hey, that guy's gonna be pretty good. Um, and now he goes to Gonzaga, wasn't a fit. Goes to Steve Forbes is giving him freedom. Salas scores 29 against Duke. He's already gonna be a first round guy. There's a lot more love for Hunter Salas. I'm going to give you a negative of that. Okay. So Hunter Salas is going to play in the NBA. He's an Omaha kid, right? Proud graduate of Millard North. Is Does it surprise you that in this community, how large we are, we're about a million people, right? that we have not had more NBA players? Well, I think we've seen just a, a rise in, in the talent in this state for that sport, and a lot of it is because of the OSAs, the going verticals of the world that are coming up, and you're getting more okay. time on the court. And I think but, it's only a matter of time. We, but we've been playing basketball for a while around here. We haven't produced many NBA guys that are right from Omaha, considering the size of the city. I don't know if there's. So been... I, I think it's. I, I think. I think. I think. Hunter Salas is. You know, we know what he was part of with the Chuckies and the Frankies and that kind of run, and I hope this opens the door to more NBA guys following. I just. I just think this town should have more NBA guys, considering all the options are there to play basketball year-round. And and the fact that that number's going up and the talent coaching-wise around here is getting better, I think it's more of a matter of if, not when. That happens again and more often. So openly root for Hunter Salas to be a first-round guy, which he will be. I think so, too, and, and he absolutely deserves it. And, and I think that's important when we, we were just talking about 
uh, the fit at Nebraska. It's a, it doesn't matter what the name on the front of the jersey says. If it's not a fit for the player, it's not going to work out for that player or that coach. You, you've got to find, as a coach, you got to find what you're looking for from from a relationship standpoint, what you want to build the pillars of your, of your program around. And when you're looking to go somewhere, you got to be really bought into what those pillars are when you decide where you want to go. Because even we, we, talked, we talked earlier about Ryan Nemhard. I mean, it's not working for him at Gonzaga either. And and I think a lot of that is you've you've got to know what you're stepping into and what the expectations are. And I think that's why Fred keeps referencing those guys because it's the expectation going forward. The expectation going forward should be more NBA guys. <laughs> well, even even NFL guys. Yeah, it's been a while I mean, since o- Noah Fant was here. Yeah, Omaha guys that get drafted in the NFL, but especially NBA, because there there are a lot of different options and organizations where you can hone your craft and play basically now year-round, that you would think we wouldn't have, we would have as, as large of a gap between the, the Stricklands and the Mike McGee's to 2024 and Hunter Salas. Yeah, with, with this large of a population and the amount of AAU that comes through here too, there, there, sh- there, shouldn't be, there should be way more guys that are getting looks in the league. All right. Jacob Bigelow coming up in about uh, 30 minutes. His thoughts on uh, Nebraska's win against Minnesota, this four-game run, and with uh, three to go. Nebraska plays at Ohio State on Thursday night. Creighton, big game against Seton Hall. Uh, Shaheen Holloway, uh, Big East Coach of the Year? Uh, He's making a claim for it. I mean, I think maybe Dan Hurley is the only other possibility with being able to run it back and the success they've had after a national championship. But I think he's he's number two, if not 1A. That's a... that game falls really good on Creighton's schedule after the game yesterday. Yeah, you need especially it. the way they played them the first time in New Jersey. But the fact that Seton Hall is playing like they are now and still is not on a good side of being in the tournament, I I, I think that's a good good game to come back from St. John's for Creighton. Going to be a tough game, but it's not like you're now all of a sudden playing DePaul, Georgetown. You're playing a team that. Needs to beat you to get into the tournament. It gives you a reason to not become complacent. See, I don't. See, I this. I, I. I. don't think they're. I don't think they're built to become complacent. This is a team that lost six straight games. And granted, it was with one when Ryan Kalkbrenner was yeah, sick a year ago. Year. That was you, last year. You got a team that went out to the. That was, that was, you can use that. That was completely. You went out. To, you have a team year. that went out to UNLV and got completely boat raced by a team that had no business being in that game because they felt like they could turn it on. You got out-physicaled by Colorado State down Kansas City, and now there's some illness going through the locker room. That's a little bit different. But they have they have shown signs of being complacent at times. Mm, How do you explain what happened to UNLV then? Because in no way is that team 20 points better than Creighton. On paper, on a court, unless you just turn it off for a day, which happens. It happens every day in college basketball. This team can be complacent. I don't know. When I, when, I, when I think of complacent in athletics, I'm thinking over a period of time where you drop, you... You, you, you don't you, see a world where Creighton... St. John's is different because UConn's on a, a, sure. a whole different level. But all of a sudden, you you lose to Georgetown. You, you know, if, if they're complacent, I don't think they have the performances like they do when they go and play Butler. You know, when they go on the road and they play Butler, especially after... What Butler had had done here, which was just through the roof. Yeah, I don't, scored ninety eight points in regulation. I don't lost. see him. I don't see complacency. If they if they go on a if they drop, you know, now three in a row. Let's say they they go zero for the week. Are you still saying they're complacent? 
uh, with, with, with what Seton Hall needs to do to accomplish to come in here, and you know that. What St. John's needed to do yesterday, and you know that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely complacent. No, sometimes winning is hard. I agree. It's all about competition. Complacent is, hey, we're feeling ourselves, and all of a sudden we get knocked off by the DePauls and the Georgetowns and some of the lower-end teams in the Big East. Even though you go, how, how you, you could roll the ball out there and you got a shot to, to beat them. Well, the three of us could find two other guys who got and beat DePaul. Uh, th- that's a little bit of a different. I still story. got a little left in me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can still shoot. Um, that's that's one of the storylines of uh, the remainder of the Big East. No team has ever gone zero and twenty. It's happening. Believe. Get your popcorn ready. That's a rough watch. Gary could go out and get ten. They're zero and sixteen. That's dump it into Gary in the post. That 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 is that is the complete opposite of Ohio State, where you're you're like ah you know what Tony Stubblefield it ain't working out we got to move on. Maybe we'll get a win or two afterwards. They got worse. Ohio State all of a sudden is like, eh, you know what? We do have talent on this team. And they fire Chris Holtman. Again, the rare in-season college basketball firings. Ohio State kind of got a result that you went, okay, there was something there. The poll was like, eh, there ain't nothing there. Yeah. (laughs) We need to hit the transfer portal as soon as possible. All right. Jacob coming up uh, in a little bit. It's uh, Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Uh, Jimmy Allen sitting in on 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.